Hi, this is Bob Madigan, and you're living, ah, listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and Ron. Sick and Ron. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Oh, yeah, my favorite podcast is the Sick and Wrong Podcast, because it's a very good They banter about how the week went for each of them And then they segue into the stories and the fans vote Which is the sickest of the week And then they do phone calls and emails It's a funny, 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 funny show Sick and Wrong Podcast Is a wonderful Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, E. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. It's cracking there, Wacker. Nothing is cracking. Nothing is cracking. How can you say nothing is cracking when uh, a brilliant celebrity was manhandled and groped today at your own airport? It wasn't me. <laughs> Doing the groping. I'm not saying I'm a celebrity. Morrissey. Morrissey was leaving, uh, I guess, leaving... Uh, San Francisco at SFO and TSA, allegedly, a TSA agent uh, grabbed his balls, grabbed his nuts. Did you read it? I know, I saw that. It was a great article. I immediately sent it to our friend who's a big fan, not you. Um, But I'm of two minds about this. Either, you know, Morrissey's been known to be full of shit before, right? (laughs) No, never. But at the same time, I can see, you know, this is San Francisco. I can see some gay guy working for the TSA and just being like, holy shit, it's Morrissey. I've been into that dude since I was like 13 years old. Oh, my God. Being like, I'm never going to get another chance like this. I'm I'm going for it. I'm going to grab his balls. This is my moment to touch Morrissey's balls. Right. No, I, yeah, I doubt that. You don't that's think that's believable? Happened. No, I think what happened. So you think is, nothing happened and Mor- Morrissey's just blowing it out of proportion? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like. In America, we've lost our rights. We've lost our human rights. When we go, we have, to take, we have to take our shoes off. We have to <laughs> succumb to right having to our, our balls shoes. touched and handled because they think that there's weapons hidden in our nuts. Sorry, that's how we do it here. So if you're going to come to this country and play here, Morrissey, you're going to get your balls touched. You're going to get handled down there downstairs <laughs> i mean just think of it as a feature and, and well your day will go better you know he's gonna write a song about this you should write a song about everything that happens to him <laughs> i did not like the airplane food he confronted the officer though and uh, they, they and he was like you know you should do you should not touch me like that you've touched me inappropriately and the, and the officer was like that's your opinion not mine <laughs> i would have loved to hear that argument like if, if somebody could have taped that um, I had to take Morrissey's side there. I mean, it isn't a matter of opinion. He either did touch his balls or not. Well, he definitely got his balls touched. They touch all of our balls. I don't get my balls touched. Well, not because every you time. go through the machine. I bet you Morrissey was like, I am not going through that no, machine. No, I read the article. It said he went through the scanner. I went through the scanning device. Morrissey's like one of those people who like, 
you know, it's like he got here, he took a time machine from the 1700s, so he has to, like, treat everything like it's some weird, like, mo- thing of modernity that he doesn't understand, <laughs> like Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer. He can't so comprehend I, it. Yeah, so I read the article. I'm clicking on it now. Oh, I thought he didn't actually go through the no, scanner. No, it says, I, I'd been through the scanning portal. <laughs> he calls it something weird. Like <laughs> I traversed through the scanning portal. You mean portal. the security thing? I mean, I don't even know what to call it either. Be frank. Oh, he, here's what he calls it. I went through the usual airport security to pre- procedure, including the stand-up scanner. Oh, okay, so he did stand go through up. the scanner. The stand-up scanner, that's what everybody calls it. Yeah, and then I wonder if he just had a lot of metal in his pockets. What does Morrissey have in his pockets? That's what I'm wondering. That could know. be in every every week. We could just do that segment. What's, What's in Morrissey's, Morrissey's pocket? We never actually find out because we a don't have any sadness. contact with him. But it's just it's just guessing every week. Like, what do you think is in Morrissey's pocket? And it could be week? a metaphorical pocket. Yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be an actual pocket. It's a kangaroo pouch. Um, at the end, he said, "Do you people have minds?" He mused philosophically, and he walked away. You know, I don't I think liked he it walked, when he, he said, flitted away, because that's what so Morrissey does. The security guy did say, you know, that's your opinion. He's like, well, that is my opinion. He says, yes, so that's your opinion. And he says something like, uh, I think since it's my test- penis and testicles that were grabbed, my opinion <laughs> should matter for something. I'm paraphrasing. He says, you I, have no right to do what you have just done. That, that sounds like a lyric from a song, like a song title. Right. He's always working. You have something. no right to do what you have just done. That's probably going to be the name of the next album. Come on, Morrissey. <laughs> so I saw Morrissey with, uh, with Joe Kelly uh, last weekend. It's up How in the Bay Area. Did you, was it just you two guys or did you go with a group? No, no one else wanted to go. Sleazy was like, I think Sleazy said, hell no, I don't want to see that poof. I think that was his uh, oh, a a direct quote. Of, a little I bit of homophobia out of Sleazy. Yeah. I like him. I just want to go see him because half the time, I mean, the tickets are really expensive and then half the time he just leaves and doesn't do a show. You know, I like Morrissey. I I love the Smiths and I like Morrissey's first solo too. I like his first solo albums. I haven't really kept up with his solo. You know, he releases an album almost every two years. No, see, I don't. I just know the songs that I've had on my iPod for forever. Same with me. And that's the thing. It's like, I know all the Smiths. I know the entire um, Smiths collection. Uh, but then uh, Morrissey, I think I had like the first four solo albums, I think. And then it kind of just stopped. But now it's like seeing <laughs> him four. live. I only recognize, he only played like maybe three old Morrissey songs, maybe four. Mm-hmm. So all the rest of them are new songs. And what's interesting about it is he has a very large Hispanic following in, I've in always California. Found that weird. I, I, oh, there are so many Mexicans with pompadours, like all gothed out. And not like, not like you know, third generation Latino or Hispanic Americans, like, like, like first or second, right? Yeah. No, I mean, they were, yeah. Like they were like, like older, in Mexico, he's big. Yeah. There are older Mexican people there. Like he's very big. And in Mexicans Latin are very homophobic or so I've heard. So I don't, maybe it's they don't get it. Maybe you should tell them, Hey dude, you know, he's, uh, <laughs> he's, uh, also uh, huge in South America. But so anyway, he's incorporated this into his, uh, his live shows now. He's got this uh, Mexican guitarist. Actually, he's a multi-instrumentalist. The guy played like a bunch of different um, instruments. But he also, so Morrissey will sing one of his songs in English. And then Gustavo will come up and sing the whole song again in Spanish. Does he bring out like a donkey on stage or something? Did not have a burro or sombrero, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I bet you Morrissey would have wrote out the burrow. I mean, actually, Morrissey probably would have no, thought that was cruel. No, he'd be against it. Yeah, he thought would have thought Animal it was cruel. Animal exploitation. 
Um, but you know, I mean, Morrissey's great. He's an, a consummate performer. Uh, his voice sounds amazing. Uh, I just didn't I'm know glad the music. that he uh, showed up to the show that you went to and actually performed. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. Especially, well, you know, you do know he's in the second round of chemo. No, you were saying that, and I so, yeah, actually yeah. had no idea. So I was what actually kind of, kind of impressed. I want to say stomach cancer, but I'm not sure. Jesus. I thought you were going to say one of the good cancers. Oh, yeah, it's like, like some kind of stomach cancer. Stomach cancer sounds like one of the worst. Still put, played for an hour and a half. Uh, yeah, he only played maybe four Morrissey songs I recognize, and only three Smith songs. That's it. And at the very end, he played like these three Smith songs. And then one of them, the last song he played, was like a 10-minute version of Meat is Murder. Well, you know that one? He feels strongly about that. And uh, yeah, and in the, the entire time while he's singing the song, he's got this brutal video playing in the background of just animal slaughter. Like they're, sla- they're taking, uh, you know, it started out with just like a close-up of a chicken's, like whatever that is, cloaca or whatever it produces its Dang, egg. Sounds like chicken porn. Yeah, and it's just showing this ch- egg coming out. And it's like, you know, chickens also urinate and defecate through the same hole. And so there's like, you're like, okay, well, this is where you're going with this Morrissey. And then it just got worse from there. It started showing like, uh, like cows killed by halal butchers where they're just slicing their throats open and just picking the head up. So blood's just spraying out. And then, um, they that take, is how you slaughter an animal. Well, I mean, I think here in the U S don't they use like, uh, like, uh, like bullets Mechanical on the chicken end. Yeah, separator. <laughs> no, I think they have like, don't they have like bullets on the end of like some kind of, it's not a gun, but it's like some kind of thing that just shoots a, uh, a, a metal bullet into its skull and just kills it instantly. Well, yeah. Remember No Country for Old Men? Yeah, that thing. What is that, that thing? thing? What uh, is that thing? I don't know. It's like a pneumatic bullet tube <laughs> it's dispenser. It's not a bullet. It's a, 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 it's a yeah, piece of lead. I don't, lead. Know, I, I don't know what that is. is. But it's pneumatic, it's though, right? Prod. You, yeah. Well, no, because you, you put up their head and it just like shoots a projectile into its skull. Dead. And then retracts it back. Like, but that's not, that's not, I guess, the way. It's not according to like, uh, kosher butchers or halal butchers right. they actually have to slice the throats the tradition. and so they show them like doing that to lambs and then pigs are just like put on like this electrocution floor and then uh, the worst was like they brought out all these chicks and they're like you know male chicks they grind off their beaks and they're like if they're male chicks and they're not going to produce eggs inside an egg farm they just kill them but they don't just like you know kill them like you know sit there and like slice their little throats they just shove them like a paper shredder uh-huh. So it's like all these just shredded chicks just coming out. So anyway, the meanwhile, Morrissey's like singing like, and he starts changing the lyrics. KFC is murder. Taco Bell is murder. Just going on and on. Ten minutes. Girl passed out right next to us. Like right in the crowd. She passed out. Yeah. Like they had to come out and uh, take her out of there. Come on. Dude, it was brutal. I couldn't even watch it. Like what I stopped watching Looking it. away? No, I was just looking down. Because it was gross, dude. I mean, it was huge. It was the entire stage. There's a screen displaying brutal animal slaughter. Even mm-hmm. Joe Kelly, who has watched those videos many times. Well, he's to, a vegan. He's a vegan, yeah. He's like a Did staunch vegan. Up? No, but he was disgusted. Hmm. And then he got all militant. He was like ready to go like, like buy some McDonald's hamburgers and then stomp on them in front of the store. <laughs> that kind of, of plays right into Ronald Tans. <laughs> You should just smash the store, not not actually purchase anything. He was just going to run up and grab the hamburger out of a carnivore's mouth and just stomp on it. Where did you guys see this show again? It was in was San Jose. In... Oh, uh, San, San Jose State like Event Center or something. Okay. It's kind of a cool yeah. venue, actually. But yeah, so 10 minutes it went on. And at the very end, Morsi rips his shirt off and goes, what's your excuse now? Walks off stage. Hmm. 
I was wondering, I was like, I don't know why I paid to Did see this. Did anybody yell out like, I'm hungry. And some guy, some jokester behind me was just like, anybody want to grab a burger? And like people were like, Was it boo. George Costanza? <laughs> yeah, boo. Boo. <laughs> I would have booed him. That's just lame. Him. Morrissey came back on and did every day. It's like Sunday. And this is oh. encore. So he I think I probably would have left palate. during the 10 minute mean his murder, uh, you know, improv session. <laughs> <laughs> Not because I was disgusted, but just like I, 10 minutes. Seriously. Come on. It, yeah. It was definitely kind of uh, difficult to bear. Like I was just Were they still surprised. serving drinks at the bar or they shut it down at that point? Yeah. Well, drinks are expensive and yeah. the bar was crowded, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I could have gone out, walked out. I should have gone out and get a, got another drink, but I didn't want to uh, miss anything. <laughs> You know, I didn't know if he was going to say Pizza Hut is murder. I didn't hear that, and I was wondering. I assume it is. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be funny if he did have, like, an exception. KFC is murder. Taco Bell is murder. Popeyes is cool, though. <laughs> Brought to you by Popeyes. Burger King is tasty. <laughs> Wait, yeah. did he just say tasty? Uh, no, no, I think didn't. he said I think he said tasteless. It's <laughs> the subliminal Morrissey advertising. Uh, what do you think Arby's. He- if you're going to eat it, then just go to Arby's at least. What do you think Morrissey's reaction is to the, the guy that killed that lion? Oh, he's not happy. Yeah. I bet she just couldn't even listen to it. Do you think no Morrissey's reports. going to hunt him down? No. <laughs> no. Grab his balls? <laughs> Morrissey's a complainer. He's not a fighter. Morrissey's a pacifist. He doesn't need to do this. Right. He'll, um, he, he will ridicule him roundly, though. Well, I think he was repulsed by this, this man's uh, trophy hunting behavior. Did you know about this lion before this week? Oh, I've been following this lion ever since I lived in Africa. Because <laughs> all the articles say that this is like the, the, the best known lion in the, in the, in the world. That everybody, it was everybody's favorite lion. The world-renowned lion. Everybody knew it by name. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have anything against the lion, but I honestly, I'd never heard of this lion before. You watch Cecil. movies, right? Yeah. You know that lion that comes out and roars in the beginning of the oh, MGM Oh, really? He's really now. old? Yeah, that's, that's, that's got, that, that lion. has been around for <laughs> The MGM lion? They retired him. The MGM just sent him. Let's they go send, send you out. No, they were going to put you on a game reserve. You could just live out your uh, golden years on the game reserve. Is that why his name is Cecil? Like Cecil B. DeMille? Yeah, that was his uh, real name. Old time of film <laughs> reference. All the young listeners are going to be totally into that one. That line would be like, what, 60 years old? I don't even know. <laughs> Probably more. Probably older than that. Because it was an adult old. back then in the 40s. It would be like 90 or 100. Do you remember in a MGM Casino in Vegas, they had that, that horrible desiccated lion? Yeah. I always felt bad for that lion. Are lions like turtles? Do they live to be like 150 years no, old? No. I didn't live know to be that like about 30 them. or 40, I think. Uh, oh, 40, Maybe not oh, even 30. I bet you live to be like late 20s. Right. I don't know what the lifespan of a lion is. The ones is. in the zoos probably live longer. But, the, but Cecil's life was definitely cut short by a, by a uh, dentist. ruthless dentist, a hunter. That, that was one of the things that cracked me up about it, is the mystery surrounding the hunter, the identity of the hunter. Because at first they're like, mysterious Spaniard goes to Zimbabwe. Oh, I did see that they call him a Spaniard. A Spaniard. It, Why like, did they think of it as a Spaniard? It made me think of the Highlander. Remember Sean Connery and the Highlander? The I was Spaniard. thinking of the guy from uh, The Princess Bride. Mandy Patinkin. Oh, yeah. He was, he was a, Spaniard. a Spaniard. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just like this mysterious Spaniard goes to uh, Africa One to go kill this Spaniard. lion. But then you find out it's just some privileged, entitled white fuckhead that's a dentist, a dentist from Minnesota 
that pays to go on pays like you know fifty thousand dollars to go on these ridiculous trophy hunts did you ever know anyone that did this honestly no I wouldn't even call it hunting. I my my dad had a friend who was an actual gunsmith, like he made guns, and that dude would go to like I don't even Montana every summer and hunt elk, but they would eat the elk, and they wouldn't like get driven around by natives in a truck and like bait the thing out. Like they would like you know follow the thing across the badlands or whatever, and then you know shoot it with a bow well, and arrow. Which I guess this guy sport. shot that. With a crossbow. This guy shot the lion with a bow and arrow, But right? didn't kill it. And it lived for another, like, 40 hours while they tracked it. I don't and eventually he shot it in his head. Maybe this dude shot it with a gun, too. I don't remember. No, I think they killed it with it. Oh, you mean the elk, yeah. yeah. But, well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, as much as I'm disgusted by the deer hunters in Michigan that I grew up around. Why are you disgusted? I just, I just find it gross to butcher an animal like that. I couldn't do it. And I found it gross the way they were, like torn apart and dismembered and splayed across someone the roof of someone's car like the carcass well yeah, yeah. you gotta get the guts out you don't eat that part i was grossed out by it but at the same time i understand you, okay. why they but are did you more it. grossed out by that or like or by somebody who's never ever like the all, all the meat they've bought is from the iga as long as we're going to michigan for this is that a supermarket yeah oh yeah <laughs> i remember it. I, I shot the meyer oh, meyer meyer was my supermarket <laughs> Um, I think if you're gonna eat store. meat, you know you're more of a you're a better person if you've actually hunted at least one time, you know, and like killed it and uh, done the whole deal yourself. I've never done it, so I'm a piece of shit. Well, okay, but this is what I'm saying. It's like people hunting deer. Uh, there's a certain amount of deer that need to be killed. Are cold. Yeah, they're like rats. Yeah, they're cold every year, and so that's why there's permits given out for deer season. You're not supposed to be hunting off season, and these right. animals. And you're not supposed to kill, you know, like Bambi, the little ones. You're you supposed need to wait special permits age. to kill yeah. does. You know, and th- that's the thing. People abide by these laws if they enjoy the sport, the sadistic sport of brutally killing an innocent animal. <laughs> then go go right ahead, especially if they eat it. Like uh, my old roommate Chuck. Chuck would kill the animal, but they would eat the venison. So it's like right. people would have special freezers in their garages just to like Chuck keep does. this fucking animal. I mean, I, I find it own. disgusting. I find it uh, repugnant. But at the same time, it's like I can understand a killing like that. They're not killing just fishing? for the trophy. I've been fishing with you and caught fish. I don't, you know, I don't feel as much sympathy for the fish. <laughs> you know, I, I don't. Not as much as like a like a deer, but okay. uh, but you know, but that's what I'm saying. It's like I think it's a it's, justifiable homicide, you know, killing these deer because you're going to eat them. Um, even though the way they that uh, I know Chuck and his dad uh, used to hunt is they just go up to a cabin and then put a bunch of like deer scent on some carrots and then just sit up in a like a treehouse and get wasted and then finally like some bucks gonna come over with a big boner because he thinks he's gonna get laid and they just blow his head off. It's a it's a male bonding. <laughs> I mean, I don't see the sport in that, but fine. They're going to eat the meat. That's fine. This guy, though, this this privileged dentist here, this white privileged dentist from Minnesota, he spends exorbitant amounts of money to hire professional hunters, poachers, and uh, that go to game reserves or lure animals off of the game reserve, nationally protected land that these animals uh, live on. I mean, this lion even had a GPS tracker on him. They lure it off the land and then basically track the animal down to the point where they're like, okay, your crossbow's ready, sir. Here you go. He just like pulls a trigger. And what his, I didn't understand, his aim was shitty. Were the, were the poachers that sold him this uh, hunting trip, 
and I'm going to blame him too, you know, and him. Did they put the GPS tracker on the lion or was the GPS tracker on the lion because it was this famous lion and they were studying and scientists were studying it? Science, scientists were studying it. Like oh, okay. uh, conservationists were studying this lion. It was old for a lion. I mean, it's like 13 years old. I think uh, lions... Oh. I, I don't think so lions... So they don't live to be 150. <laughs> no. I, th- I think lions live to be like probably lifespan of a cat probably and maybe 20 but big mm-hmm. animals usually tend to die earlier anyway but so it was an older lion so it probably wasn't breeding you know it, it's probably beyond breeding age at that point however i mean it was a lion that people is an attraction in this park and and had been there for like 13 years and so they lured this lion off by tying a, a dead animal to their car pulled it out <laughs> beyond the uh the borders of this game reserve shot it. He didn't even kill it. Then they tracked it down and then they shot it and skinned it and beheaded it. And then what they give him a trophy that he can pose with on his Facebook. Could you imagine if this was your dad? What would you say? I would be like, your dad, this is a dumb fucking hobby. Plus that $55,000 you spent or whatever. It was. Cause wasn't that what it was? Like 50, 55 grand just for the hunt. Like how much do you think the accommodations, the travel expenses? I mean, you're looking I would probably be like, an $80,000 trip. Let's go play Big Game Hunter at fucking Pinball Pete's Arcade, and you can just give me the rest of that money. I'd be like, give me a little bit of that sweet. Let's start a cocaine empire and get some hoes. Yeah. That would be some bonding. You shot a lion, and you spent fucking almost, you know, closer to 100 grand than not. There was a a congregant that was a member of the uh, synagogue um, in Bay City. When my dad was a rabbi, I don't want to say his name, obviously, but he was very wealthy and he hunted and he did a lot of this trophy hunting. And my dad thought that's actually uh, against the Jewish religion. You're not supposed to hunt if you're not going to eat it. Like you're allowed to hunt if you're going to, if you have to. So the Jews are basically like the, uh, like the Navajo or something then. Well, they, I don't think they believe in animal spirits. <laughs> I mean, I think they kill animals. They kill animals for utility's sake. What we utility use every is there? Part of the animal. What utility is there for a trophy kill? It isn't. You know, it's just sadistic pleasure. And so, anyway, I remember. Uh, they, I mean, they were really wealthy, and so I was friends with his son. And uh, we'd hang. I remember we'd hang out at his house, and his dad wasn't there. He's like, "Check this out." And he opens up, a, gets a key to his dad's study, the he den, opens it up, yeah, the study. and this. There's just a, like, ant, like a whole array, a whole array of animal heads on the wall, like warthogs, elk, moose, like lions, just this whole thing, just Badger. this wall of trophies. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I was just like, what, why does your dad, I was horrified. I mean, I've been a vegetarian since I've been 10. I was horrified. I was just like, I, why would your dad do this? He was like, it's cool. I was like, it's not cool. Your dad's not cool. <laughs> it pretty much, I mean, there's got to be... I don't know. You don't. You can't like be. You know. You can't like uh, retcon history. This is like a, this is a big wasp thing, right? Like the but great why? white the domination from you know with the white pith helmet. This is like big in like the history of England, right? You know, guys going out and they kill the the wild beasts and bring them back from the darkest the Africa. safari hunt. Yeah. But in this day and age, it's like, what the fuck did your mom not pay attention to you enough or what? Or like, you know, you really need some validation from your dad that he never gave you or your wife's really fucking ignoring you like a motherfucker. Like, why? Why? What, what's the per? What does this do does for Does this your- give you an erection? Like, I don't understand. What, why do you need this? It's not even a thrill. I would even I would even more say, like, when was the last time you had an erection that you have to do this to compensate? 
I'm, I'm not even sure. But I mean, what what's the purpose of the trophy? So he can tell the story, he can prove his masculinity to his friends and and fellow dentists? I guess, I mean, it would be cool to have a lion stuffed head on the wall if I bought it at a thrift store and it was like 100, you know, it was like 75 years old. But I wouldn't think it was cool to be like, I killed this last week. Look at it. It's so cool. No. And it's just, and, and, the, and the fact of the matter is, it's not like he was, I mean, at least those, those, uh, you know, people of history that went to like the deep jungles of Africa to go hunt. They were um, cocks. Art of Darkness. Yeah, they were cocks, but they actually, you know, went on hunts with like natives and there was like some risk involved. Like these guys just driving like a Jeep, a couple dudes track down the animal. They load the gun for him. This high powered semi-automatic rifle. Right. With blow a its laser head scope. Off. Yeah. With like a laser scope. I mean, it's right. like, what kind so of sport kind of is blunder that? Bus. Yeah. Blunder bus. <laughs> Um, but I mean, the, 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 the fact of the matter is the reason we're bringing this up is the moral outrage of the internet. So now this guy, this dentist, John Palmer, who is such a white waspish name. Now he's like, he's in hiding. I feel like he's going to palm my balls while I'm under the gas. He's probably going to palm Morrissey's balls. <laughs> Morrissey would never TSA go to dentist. <laughs> I would, never. I would never go to that dentist again if I knew about this. Well, like I, I think that's his main problem now, but... Well, he, you know, his office is shuttered. Did you see the uh, the memorial, the stuffed animal memorial outside Mile of his office? Tree. Yeah, so I, I mean, so there's this moral outrage about about this, this killing of this lion that no one knew about. However... Which he's apologized for, and he said he didn't know it was this special lion. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to justify that. I mean, it's like, didn't they see him remove the GPS tracker? Do you think he was like, oh, shit, dude. No, well, look, skin, it, a prize on skin it. it, cut its head on, and, and mount it on a, on a piece of oak wood here. An oak slab, because I need it on my wall. It's like, yeah. And he still right. posed with it. That guy's a sadist. But anyway, what I'm saying is, so this is happening. There's moral outrage about this, yet vegans are even more outraged. Vegetarian, PETA. What, you mean they're making some tragedy about them? PETA and well, vegans never do that. They're, I think they're bringing light to a different tragedy. They think it's tragic that there's such a moral outrage about, about, this, my about this lion, but yet no one cares about the millions of land animals and chickens and poultry that are slaughtered every day here in this country. So there's all these articles circulating around the internet. I mean, Joe Kelly actually brought this to my attention because he thought it was hypocritical as well. And I, and I was mentioning, it's like, you know, I agree with you. I think it's disgusting and inhumane the way these animals are slaughtered. But keep in mind, these animals are a product that we've created, that we, we, make, we make for consumption. Like we've gen- genetically engineered these creatures that people eat. I don't eat them. You eat them. But yeah, I mean, I them all the time. But the fact of the matter me? is it's not an endangered species. Like this lion. It's a protected animal. So, I, I, I mean, I think the, the moral outrage is justified. So, what justified. if you capture, what if you capture uh, an actual African person and then you... you uh... Kill him! <laughs> so, a pregnant African lady and then you, you kill the trophy her. That would make. That, that's morally wrong. But then the baby then... You impregnate that, and then that child, I mean, have you, is that now a product that you've created? Where are you going with this analogy? I, I, I say, no, because the baby, it's, I, what I'm saying is this, this chicken, chicken started out, like you look at, uh, even the article that I was reading here, Vox, from Vox, it's a website, Dylan Matthews wrote this article about how 
the moral outrage. It's it's morally wrong. It's morally worse to eat chicken, you know, mass produced industrial industrially slaughtered chicken, than uh, the killing of Cecil the lion. Mm-hmm. He just thinks it's, it's 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 more morally objectionable. And so he what he writes about is that uh, chickens produced from mass consumption in America is profoundly inhumane. By purchasing and eating chicken, you're playing a role in a process that kills more animals in worse ways than Cecil was killed. And he has a point. Cecil was free range. Well, he has a point. I mean, I think, and I can understand that. But these chickens, and he actually has a diagram. He shows, like, what chickens look like in 1957. They're kind of skinny, just sort of regular-looking chickens, like chickens, free-range chickens that you would see, you know, in any third-world country. I feel like you're body-shaming the later chickens. (laughs) But these things are given, like, growth hormones and uh, anti-pesticide chemicals. I found all the the facts, quote-unquote, in this Vox article to be sort of questionably sourced. But you watch any watch any video about this. I mean, yeah, it's the, the, most well, you of mean his, any video. Like, who makes these videos? People who the are humane against, society are did against, a study. Yeah, no, people who are against uh, farming and eating animals. So yeah, all if I go watch a video that's made by the chicken industry, I bet you it's not going to look that bad. I think you should go visit uh, Chicken Abattoir or whatever they're called. I'll get right on that, dude. Yeah. I'm surprised you don't have to go see him for work. I had to do that when I worked at that industrial supply company. It sucked. <laughs> I had to go, yeah. You're they like, No, they made us hand out. Remember those catalogs that we had? Like, yeah, you're like Napoleon Dynamite. Ah, it was terrible. I had to go give these catalogs to this, like, uh, it was a pig slaughter place in, in Chicago. And like, would so, you like to see the inside? No, and you're I, like, yeah, I would. They went on a tour. I stayed outside. Even the smell oh, how disgusted do you know what me. Happened? Because they explained it to me. I didn't oh, go in. I went in like the front of it. I didn't go actually do the tour. The front. Dude, it's disgusting. <laughs> the front's I where all the that. screaming happens. The rest of it's very You humane. could hear, well, I didn't hear screaming, but I definitely heard like, you know, loud squeals. Squeals of pain. Um, but no, it, it, it's proven. Like there, there's been studies. There's documentaries on this. The extreme weight pushes the chicken's bodies to a structural breaking point. Then many of them can't even move. And, and beyond sourced. that, they can, it doesn't even matter if they can move because they're put in this little tiny area. There's like 20,000 crammed in a tiny shed. They can't move. You know, and so this thing that we've created, you know, genetically modified. Tiny sheds. <laughs> <laughs> trains. Um, these things we genetically modified just live this this horrible life, dismal life, and then we uh, we we put them on a conveyor belt, slice their necks open, and then they just get plucked and defeathered and eviscerated. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to eat the feathers. <laughs> they live in their feces. I, Sometimes I, I, I feel like vegans would be like, eat them. "Well, if you're going to eat animals, you should just go bite the thing's head off." I mean, <laughs> no, nobody's going to do that. Would you continue to eat chicken if, like, some legislation was passed that's like, actually, you have to kill the chicken yourself? Yeah. In order to eat it. You would breed chickens in your backyard? I mean, I'm, I'm lazy, but I would not have a problem killing a chicken and eating it. I have killed chickens as a child. I think what, what needs to be, I, you know, I, I think it's, I disagree with the guy. I think it's more morally objectionable to kill an endangered species like a lion, especially in the manner that this guy did, trophy hunting. Okay, I mean, here's a question, though. What if... And I think I know the answer. What if chickens were also as equally as endangered? There were like a thousand left, and let's say there's a thousand lions left. Don't you, you think it's still is worse to kill the lion? Well, lions, like a big, are, cool. lions are cooler than chickens. Some shitty, stupid bird. <laughs> but uh, some people actually probably do appreciate birds. Ornitho- ornithologists. Chickens. 
ornithologists would probably rather uh, preserve the chicken. <laughs> All right. Well, what, yeah. a, what if it was a fucking bald eagle versus a chicken? And when I say bald, I spell it B-A-L-L-E-D, by the way. <laughs> I imagine the bald eagle because I think it's cooler. It's yeah. more American. It's a predator. You know? But, I mean, that's the thing. It's like there's a utility to the mass murder of chickens so people can be fed. Yeah, and that's and that's what they're doing with chickens. Right, but a I, source of protein. I, a, I, I hear the tone in your voice, which is like people can people need to be fed. They can eat some soybeans, but that's not good enough for them. No, what, what I'm saying is I understand you know why that, they how have many these... animals do you think are killed in uh, you know industrial soybean farming? I don't see like a soybean garden outside your apartment. I highly doubt it compares to the amount of chickens that are killed each day. So you can eat at Chick Fil A. I don't know. Do you have facts and figures? Yeah, I have an article here from ABC News uh, where a researcher, Stephen Davis, says that uh, vegetarian diet kills animals too. It says, uh, nobody's hands are free from the blood of other animals, not even vegetarians. Millions of animals are killed each year, each and every year, to prepare land for growing crops like corn, soybean, wheat, and barley, the staples of a vegan diet. The animals in this case are mice and moles and rabbits and other creatures that are run over by the tractors or lose their habitat to make way for farming. Animals that live freely. These 8.5 billion (laughs) broiler chickens were killed just in 2013. Oh. One million chickens killed every hour. How, how many, many chickens is a rabbit's life worth? How many rabbits do you think are killed every hour by tractors? I don't know. I haven't done the study. Yeah, because there isn't. There, you don't have any stats to back up this claim. All I'm saying about it is I can understand why people eat chickens. There's a utility. There's a purpose to it, to feed people. I do think that uh, we should probably, you know, instead of just putting up a, uh, a stuffed animal in a mylar balloon in front of the dentist's office, I don't know, maybe uh, pester your senator, bother your... Um, your representative to maybe pass some like more humane uh, legislation for uh, these animal slaughterhouses. I mean, it'd be nice to have free range chickens for everyone. That'd be it's great. More expensive though. What about the pores? Well, they're just going to have to deal. They're going to have to be vegetarian. Soybean, vegan soybean diet. diet. Welcome to my world. Poor people. But, but you can't argue with this. Like the corporations that uh, like fosters farms that run these things, they just want to make as much money as they can. So that's why they cram 20,000 chickens in a tiny shed. That is the so really the of corporations business. need to be influenced. The corporations, but at the same time, you you, you agree it's necessary to consume chickens. I mean, I don't. I, it's I not think necessary. It's, necess- no, 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 no. it's necessary it's not, for some people. It's not necessary for some people. No, everybody could survive on a vegetarian diet. I mean, I don't know if we have enough uh, vegetarian crop production facilities to to satisfy, but you know, we could adapt. But. You know, I, I just, I, I don't know. Life, I mean, life is terrible I, and, and everything is eating everything. Like there are, th- there are little animals inside you all listeners right now eating you from the inside. You're eating things, things or other things are eating other things. It's just, uh, life is not pretty. So, well, let me restate that. I think for many people it's necessary to eat chicken. Chicken is a, is a necessary source of protein in their diets that they wouldn't get elsewhere. But is it necessary to go kill a lion? Oh, put no, his head up on your necessary. wall. There's no way to justify that. And that's why people should fuck with this, di- this dentist. This guy <laughs> needs to change his name and move to Mexico to do his dentistry. <laughs> Seriously, people. This guy deserves to be fucked with. Mexican dentist. Yeah. 
Um, People's episode 494 here, Sick and Wrong. Uh, you know the way the show works. Send us your stories. We read them here on the air. If we give you credit, we'll send you a Sick and Wrong care package. I know I'm behind. I, yeah, I'm supposed to send out a bunch of packages. I've just uh, kind of been slacking in that. I'll get to it this week. It's the doldrums of the summer. Nobody yeah. can be expected to do anything. I got a lot of. I mean, I got a lot of stuff going on this summer. You know, <laughs> borrowed my girlfriend's PS3, playing video games. Oh, really? Yeah. What have you been playing? Lollipop Chainsaw. Have you played it? No. It's a good I know, game. I know of it though. It's a good game. There's like a, you got to fight this death metal guy. So that's what I'm saying. I have priorities right now. I can't go yeah, out and uh, just Trust just uh, send uh, stickers. But I'll try to do that this week. So I'll get on it. So send your story. Stick around podcast at hotmail.com. Got some good articles here this week. Before we get to our first one, here's a word from our sponsor, Adam and Eve. Hey, kids, do you like sex toys? Yeah! Then go to adamandeve.com and make a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. You'll get 50% off your first item, three free adult DVDs, free shipping, and a gift so sensual I can't even mention it on this podcast about murder and bukkake. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, like your uncle used to do to you. You might have heard about this uh, first story here. It's been making the, uh, making the headlines on all the, all the websites. The no, we just talked about that. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry. It's a short attention span. Um, no, this is about, uh, well, let me get to it. Uh, this came in from Katie. Katie sent it in to the uh, Hotmail address. She goes, Jews are always causing trouble. Well, thanks, you anti-Semite. Anti-Semitic twat. Seriously? Jews, all Jews are always causing trouble. What do you want to do? Put us on a train? Take us to a camp? Yeah. Slaughter us for meat? You don't I have actually heard that like it's a big part of the Jewish experience is Jewish summer camp, which is I find kind of funny. Yeah, no, I'm, I I was sent to a summer camp when I was in seventh grade. Broke my arm to come back home. Uh, I hear there's a lot of sex that goes on at the Jewish summer camp. Not for me. Yeah, well, but of I was course. goofy looking. Kid. I could have told you that. You know, actually, I found out about that later on. At the time, I did not have any sex, but I found out about that later on in college when I. Uh, yeah, I met other kids that actually went to that same camp, and they're just like, "Oh yeah, that was my first sexual experience. First time I ever like, like this one girl I went out with in college was like, oh, it's the first time I ever gave a guy a blowjob.' I was like, "What the fuck? No one ever like that never even happened." I oh, went to a camp. Did you get blowjobs repeatedly? By the way, no, it was all boys, and I did not get a blowjob. By the way, wow, I don't even know. Want to know what happened to your camp? But it makes it makes a lot of no, sense. Nothing happened. How you turned out? <laughs> I don't think there was a lot of gravas. <laughs> if that's what you're trying to was say. Was there a scoutmaster? That you were there fond was of? A, uh, it wasn't Boy Scouts, but there was a camp director, I guess he was called. Hmm. Um, but actually, then when I worked at the camp... Mr. McFeely? There, there, was a, there was a short segment where it was, was boys and girls, and then there were uh, guy and girl counselors, which then I coveted some of the female counselors, but uh, obviously I was in the same boat as you, and they would not give me the time of day. Were you a bit outraged they allowed female counselors to your sacred male camp? No, it was great. Like I said, you know, they'd go swimming, they'd put on their bikinis, I would pop a boner and go behind my tree or whatever. Just stay in the water? Yeah, stay in the water. <laughs> Can't come out now. Um, 
I just hated camp. I hated the whole idea of it. Although I liked I'm, getting away from my parents. That was the key component. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't, I don't know what it was for me. I think it was just being told what to do, having to deal with all these people, not being able to just sit there and just read and and just stew in my own misery. It's like I had to like go and do stuff. Like you had right. to go. There was a lot of sun. Yeah, there was sun. We had to like get up at like 930 and go to the swimming yeah, in the late class and just, I, I don't know. I hated it. Um, but this guy, this guy probably should have gone to Jewish camp and learned to uh, tolerate other people who are different than him. Summer camp. he's got an issue. About, right? Yeah, not, camp, I'm not talking camp. about, actually, maybe they should not send. the camp. Well, this particular guy, you know, I don't want to justify uh, mass murder, but uh, maybe this guy should go to the other camp. Doesn't seem to be a very pleasant fella. Six stabbed at Jerusalem Gay Pride Parade by an ultra-Orthodox Jewish assailant. Did you hear about this? In Israel. Guy went nuts on last right. Thursday. Big uh, Jerusalem Gay Pride Parade. Um, guy ran out and stabbed six people. Didn't kill anybody. He crit- critically wounded one. <laughs> now, this yeah. guy was ultra-Orthodox, right? Yeah, he's like a hardcore Jew. Big black hat. Black hat, the curlies. Uh, and they, they wear the like four-length black trench coat or whatever the hell that thing is. Well, I think this guy, they, they wear the trench coat. They also wear the suit. Oh, you know? under the trench coat. Yeah. You've been to Israel, right? I have been to Israel. It's hot there, isn't it? Isn't hot it like as balls. Mediterranean, tro- I mean, year-round? Or do they get a cool, se- I mean, no, they, now they, it no, be they, summer. In the, in, actually, it's like a Mediterranean winter. It, it does get cooler there, but I mean... More or less, it's the desert. It's really hot. And these guys smell awful. You know, they're wearing these black suits <laughs> all the time. Specifically the Orthodox dudes? Yeah, they do. And they just, and they, and, and not to mention, they're just like, they're very xenophobic. So right. it's like, if you walk around and you don't look like an Orthodox Jew, they don't want to talk to you. Like, they would never recognize my father as a rabbi because he mm-hmm. wasn't Orthodox. Yeah. Your dad you know, didn't even wear the hat thing, right? No, he didn't I mean, wear it. In Temple, he probably did. In Temple, he did. But he's a Reformed Jew. Hmm. You know, and so uh, he's brought up, well, he's brought up Orthodox, but he became a Reformed Jew. Yeah, that's uh, the best rebellious. way to go. But anyway, th- but these people are so hardcore. I think I've told the story here on the show, like in uh, Israel, I remember my dad was shopping for a shofar. And it was on the Sabbath. The big horn. You, you can't blow the ram's horn on the Sabbath or the Orthodox Jews will attack you. <laughs> and so my dad was telling me about this. We we're walking like through the old city of Jerusalem and I was just like, you dare me? You dare me? And my dad was just like, I will leave you here. I will run away and leave you here. And I was just like, and in my mind, I was just picturing me just like being chased like Indiana Jones, but by like, you know, a hundred uh, Hasid Jews. Yeah. Hasidic. But you didn't blow it. I did not blow the shofar. <laughs> <laughs> Literally or metaphorically. Um, this guy, though, this guy uh, um, stabbed six people. Well, there's a lot of shofar blowing going on. At the Gay, gay Pride, Pride Parade. parade Many shofars were blown that day. Was it on the Sabbath, this parade? No, it was not this... Thursday. Yeah. So, yeah. There is a little bit of respect over there. But the suspected attacker here was identified as Yeshai Schlissel. The same man behind the same attack on the 2005 parade. Just got out of prison. He was in prison for 12 years for stabbing a bunch of gay Jewish people at the 2005 parade. The reform did not take. Doesn't like the gays, does not like gay pride, does not like parades. Apparently. I guess he's just going right back then, huh? Gotta get back on the horse. You know, he gets out, he's less like... What's funny about this, what's not funny, but... What I find funny is he gets out of prison and immediately starts putting out pamphlets like, we got to stop the parade. 
All Jews faithful to God must risk beatings and imprisonment for the sake of preventing the parade. So immediately he goes right back to his hometown and starts distributing these handwritten pamphlets. You know, everyone's like, oh man, really? Yeshai's back? Great. I always hate that, you know, the armchair psychology. We're like, oh, if he has a problem with gays, he's probably gay himself. But this guy, come on. He's been in prison for 12 years and he comes out and he's immediately back on the hobby horse. Yeah, I think this guy's just disturbed. He's got, he has some self, I think he's a self-loathing, closeted, you know, even to himself gay. He has to be. Why would he care so much? Why would he just be like, you know what, 12 years of my life. Well, you know, you I'm wonder just about these focus guys. On other things. You wonder about these guys. Are they are they so deeply repressed, and this is how they project their hatred, or be. is or is it just like they're so deeply disturbed to like almost like a schizophrenic state about their belief in God that they do think it's morally wrong that these guys engage in sodomy? Oh yeah, I always forget they actually do. Be- yeah, they're like this dude. Believe in God. These are like the insane people. These are the guys driving bulldozers over Palestinian children. Right. Like, this is what makes Israel such a fucked up place. Or, you know, trying to beat the shit out of your dad for blowing on a horn. Blowing a shofar. Yeah, they're, they're insane people. They're the, yeah. I mean, they, are just, act, they are literally insane. Yeah. And so, so that's I why know, I'm all thinking. All bets are off. I don't know what's going on then. You wonder about that. So, uh, Schlissel's a Haredi man. So, Haredis are even more, like, uh, uh, re- like uh, religious than even just the regular Orthodox Jews. Like, these guys are, like, the hardcore Hasidic Jews. But does this dude have, like, a fucking job, or is he just on, like, Israeli fucking welfare? Because it seems like, I mean, if you're that, you know, repressed about everything and everything has to be exactly according to your code, it seems like you'd have a hard time finding employment or you have to compromise your positions. You wonder about, like, guys like this. Are they supported by the this temple or the Jewish community, like the hardcore Haredi community they belongs to? Right. Like, do they give him, like, some kind of uh, pittance to go out and distribute pamphlets? Let him stay in their garage. Or, yeah, he sleeps, you know, in the, in the attic. Right. Um, so thousands of people took part in this march. Uh, and it was heavily secured by police, because obviously there's bombings every day in Israel. Um, but uh, as they were parading down the street, a Haredi man broke into the crowd and just started stabbing marchers at random. He was quickly wrestled down by police and arrested. And minutes after the stabbing... Organizers and police said, let's just go on with the march. Continue going here. Yeah, of course. They didn't stop it. Um, He was sentenced for 12 years in prison from 2005 for a similar attack. Charged of attempted murder and aggravated assault. No. He just stabbed and injured people. He's not a very good stabber. Yeah, I'm just wondering about his technique here. Like, He's flailing around with a knife for attention. I mean... you know, if this guy really wants to kill people, why doesn't he take, like, a lesson from the Arabs? Like, strap a bomb to his chest, you know? No one's going to see it under the big black coat. Put it how under the, the black hat. How do the super Orthodox Jews view suicide? Not good. Well, okay, but think about it. It's like they're probably against suicide, but if you're killing a bunch of gays... I mean, that's how the, that's how the Muslims see it, but I don't, know, I don't know if the Jews see it that way. I don't think the Christians see it that way. No, I guess they, they probably don't. I mean, the, the I don't Tojo think they, see it that way. I was just reading an article about the uh, atomic bomb on Hiroshima. They are definitely into it. Oh, they were? The, well, the kamikaze movement. Well, yeah, I can understand For that. For the emperor. So Benzie Gopstein here, Benzie Gopstein, the chairman of the right-wing group Lahava, said that white activists from his organization staged a protest against the abomination parade. But they're against the uh, stabbing of Jews. You shouldn't really do that. 
You can you can oppose the parade, but the whole stabbing. So if they were like thing. gay Hindus, it would be fine. Yeah, that's fine. But just yeah, just the non-Jews, the going just stab them. Um, he called on police not to allow the parade to take place in Jerusalem again. Like they're against it, and they, you know that that's the thing with in Israel though they're very tolerant. They had like thirty right-wing activists going out there in front of the synagogue, marching with their own signs. Did you see? Um, I think there were like viral pictures going around of at the New York Gay Pride Parade. It was on the Saturday, the Sabbath, so the Orthodox Jews obviously couldn't go out and protest. What well, this they did, a couple weeks ago, I did. Yeah, they hired that. some Mexicans and had them dress up as Jews and go protest. I love that they had them dress up as Jews. Because <laughs> you know it wasn't the Mexican idea. The Mexican's idea to be like, oh, well, we have Jewish costumes if you're going to pay us. It was the Jews dressing... It, do you, do you think the Orthodox Jews gave the Mexicans their own clothes or like they hand-me-downs or... I bet you they had some hand-me-downs like in the uh, the Sadaka box, the charity <laughs> box. They just go grab them. Okay, we got a couple spare hats here. You know, do you have a wig with the curlies? And they yeah. put that on, a little beard, a fake beard. Because you, you think if somebody who was not Jewish were to dress up like that, they would uh, accuse them of sort of staging a minstrel show. <laughs> yeah, you probably would be offended. <laughs> but, uh, you know. No, I'm Jose Rabinovitz. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's like a, a character estás? from Welcome Back, Cotter. <laughs> Shalom. <laughs> Shalom, man. Yeah. Pass the blunt. Like you wouldn't do that. I mean, think about it. If you're a Mexican, you're a migrant, you're at Home Depot waiting to like move someone's furniture, like some twenty, right. some millennials' or lay a bunch furniture, of sod in like the fucking afternoon heat. Pick a bunch of grapes. You know, it's like, like yeah. And then all of a sudden, big hat on some Jews there. come over and they're the just sun. like, hey, we'll pay you four dollars. I mean, two dollars to go out and like stand in these, uh, carry these signs. You'd be like, all right. You want me to do what? Okay, I'll dress up. Like I'd be, I'd be stoked to do that. I mean, why not? What if you were a hardcore uh, pro gay rights though? Oh, you mean have a me- well? Obviously, if the Mexicans hardcore pro gay rights, he's not going to do it. Yeah, but you maybe a lot of those. But maybe what he could do is take their money and then you know chain put his own sign up there. Just draw <laughs> yeah, a big dick. Turn it around. Yeah, just draw a big dick. <laughs> I love the gays. <laughs> <laughs> Jews love cock. And just yeah. hold the sign up. Yeah, Who that'd be great. Turn, yeah, turn the tables here. Um, so, yeah, this, uh, this guy's back in prison. Same crime. I'm sure he's not going to be getting out anytime soon. But, you know, I, I'm sure the community, that's the thing. It's like I, I picture him living in like this kind of small community. And they're like, yeah, he's pretty hardcore. He's just definitely very religious. And they're like, yeah, he definitely keeps the faith here. Sometimes we don't agree with his methods, but, you know, he's very devoted. But I bet you everybody in that town's relieved. Now they're not getting annoyed by this guy distributing his handwritten pamphlets, <laughs> his anti-gay handwritten pamphlets. It's just, just like, you know, just be gay, go right. out. But you know, these guys, they have to be repressed. And these Jews, these Hasidic Jews have to keep it on the DL. Like, do you ever read about like those, like the, these Hasids, even in like New York, they go out and they rape children at their bathhouses, but then it's always covered up by the community because they don't even go to like, if something happens, like if that child told his mother, his mother would go to like the elders and instead of instead going to of the police, the cops. Yeah, instead of the authorities. Yeah, I've heard this. So that's why Although these this guys is also do this poorly thing. sourced. Well, no, I've read, I've read stories about this. Like these kids get like, you know, fondled in the bathtub by Rabbi uh, Rabinowitz over here. Yeah, or in the steam room. And then, uh, you know, and then, they're never prosecuted. Eventually, right. they do get prosecuted, but at this point, they've been like molesting kids for like twenty years. Yeah, it's a secret society. 
But it's not like, uh, you know, Christians or uh, college football programs don't have similar problems. No, exactly. I'm, I'm sure Catholic priests, like if you just look number wise. Yeah. They, they well, there's kill. more of them to begin with. Yeah. And, and they're just so much more adept at, at fondling young boys' testicles. Penn State football under coaches. Yeah, Penn State coaches. Anyway, what do you have here for the second story? This one is also kind of popular, although I still, I, I think, uh, I don't know how many people saw this one. Definitely not as popular as Cecil the Lion. Uh, it was sent in by Heidi, who says, I would never ride an escalator in China or a Ferris wheel, which I think is kind of a poor sentence construction. Yeah, escalator versus Ferris wheel. Well, just is she saying, I understand escalator in China, but is she saying also Ferris wheel in China or Ferris wheel anywhere? I think she might, must have meant a Ferris wheel and an escalator in China. Yeah. Like, would you go, if you were in China visiting, like, let's say not in Hong Kong, but like some mainland China city, small city, and there was like a... Yeah, it's a Beijing. Local, yeah, and there's a, uh, a fair going on with a bunch of amusement park rides. Would you ride those rides? I'd give it the side eye, <laughs> but I probably ultimately would. I mean, I live life on the edge. You know that about me. I think the listeners know that about me. You do walk a fine line. <laughs> I just hang it out there over the line. <laughs> You're a line stepper. Generally, I don't care about my life. I would be nervous about walking. I'd be nervous, but that I'd be makes nervous it more about fun. riding any ride. And I'd be well, nervous actually, about riding to tell a you car the truth, in China. After reading this story and seeing the video, which listeners are going to miss out on unless they go to after the show to watch it, which maybe I, I should put it as the video of the week. You probably should. Yeah, I will. I w- I'm actually scared to ride escalators even in the United States. And I actually have to ride one every day at work because, like, uh, I can take, like, the handicapped elevator. But the common way to get to my area in my building is to take this escalator up to the main elevators. And uh, every time I get to the top nowadays, over the past couple of days since I saw the video, I'm like... <sighs> you're worried that you're going to be eaten alive? Heart rates starts increasing, yeah. Make it eat alive, yeah. You know, maybe I'll post that video, but I'll make a remix. You put some music in the background? Yeah, put like uh, some Tone Loke or something in the background. Tone and Loke. then She can get like Swallow or Young MC. I was going to say, uh, yeah, it could eat sax. <laughs> anyways, we kind of just gave the whole thing away, but I'll go through it anyways. Uh, it's Beijing, which is not a small city. <laughs> no, that's like a, I mean, that's a prosperous city in China. Right. It, uh, a 30-second video begins innocently enough. Now, this is a, like a shopping mall, and who would have known that they'd have shopping malls in China? Seems yeah. very capitalist, but okay. I guess there's shopping, you know, everybody does it, even well, communist countries. I mean, they make a lot of products there. Where do they sell these products? Markets? In America. <laughs> and, well, I mean, they definitely sell them in America, but I mean, where do they sell their knockoff iPhones? I guess everything, it's like there's stores, but all the prices are fixed. Right, set by the state. Yeah, and they give all their profits to the state. Anyways, the video shows a woman uh, going up an escalator with her small child. And she's starting to get to the top, and she lifts the young son up uh, to get ready to step off the escalator. Uh, this woman is 31-year-old Jiang Lujuan. And uh, as soon as she sort of lifts the kid up to uh, you know mind the gap, as they say, 
there's a panel under her feet that sort of breaks open and she falls into it. Wait, is this a panel like at the very top of the escalator? So it's not a part of the escalator itself, is it? I guess it's no, the very top. It's of not the, the moving part. But so this brings up a point to call back to what I was just saying. I watched the video and I was like, well, that's fucked that there's just that weird, weird platform there that can just fall in. There's no way the escalator at my building is like that. And sure enough, the next day when I went to ride the escalator in my office, I'm like, oh, yeah, there is a panel right there. Yeah, but that panel is secured and maintained by the engineers. I have no fucking idea. I'm sure there's maintenance guys that are trained to maintain escalators in your building. In China, it's like, you know, they, they probably just hire some corrupt... A uh, construction company that comes in and they build it with like, you know, straw. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm just saying they probably have cheap materials, and I'm sure there's no regulation. I don't know. I don't know who built this escalator that I ride every goddamn day. Was he drunk yesterday when he was like in- inspecting it and replacing the panel? I have no idea. You have no idea. Your pilot could be drunk. You know, I mean, but I, I would give the benefit of the, of the doubt to an American maintenance man versus a Chinese maintenance man. And <laughs> I don't think that's racist. What if it's a Chinese American working on it? I would, I would rather have a Chinese American yeah. work on it than an American American. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting complicated. Um, so anyways, her foot falls in this thing. It, uh, she lifts the boy. The boy is quickly pulled to safely bu- safety by a mall employee who is standing right there. Why was the mall employee standing right there? Because minutes before, uh, somebody had reported that there was a problem with the panel, but they had failed to stop the escalator and block it off. They'd found it to be loose uh, and protruding five minutes before the incident, but failed to stop the escalator is what this says. Uh, and this is, uh, this was quoted by Chen Guangjin, who's a local official in charge of work safety. Do you think the escalators in China move a lot faster than the escalators in the Midwest? It doesn't appear to be moving that fast from the video. Yeah, but I'm thinking, like, think of how much weight those Midwestern escalators have to, have to move versus the Chinese escalators. Oh, well, they, but there's a much larger industrial motor behind the one in the, in the States. Possibly, I mean, what you're saying I just, is true. I mean, the average American is just weighs like three times the amount of the average Chinese. Person. That's what I'm saying. That's and so you get like three Americans on one of those escalators. It's probably moving really slowly, which would have been better in this case, actually. Yeah, like this, she just gets moved. What I'm wondering though, so her foot gets caught. Then what happens? Well, you know, it's like, you know we were talking about the chickens before. And now they're throwing him to this industrial, like, chewing machine. That's basically what an escalator is, especially on the underside of it where you're not supposed to be. So she, her leg falls down this, this panel. She hands the kid off like she's fucking Tom Brady or something, you know, doing the double reverse. <laughs> and then there's another employee there who's like, holy fuck, her leg's down there. And she's obviously getting sucked down into the thing. And they grab her. Uh... Two other mall employees try to drag Jiang out, but within a few seconds, she disappears through the hole. Not like she, not like she gets clogged the thing up and it jams, and she's sitting there as you would see, like when somebody gets stuck under a subway. You know, the guy's torso is there. He's like, ah, she just completely sucked in. Well, where does she go? Underneath the thing, into the guts of the escalator. It's like a fucking death machine. So it just crushed her and ground her up. Well, no, (laughs) it's more gruesome than that. Um, so 
Like, was, was it blood the, spraying like Evil Dead style all oh, over no, everybody? Oh no, no, no! It's it's everything is sucked in. It's like a black hole. Uh, they called the uh, fire department, obviously, and there was a four-hour rescue operation uh, at this place, the AZG Mall. Uh, firefighters declared Zhang dead after four hours, remember, when they finally cut the escalator open and found her body Sunday afternoon. So they had to disembowel the escalator. Yeah. Poor escalator. <laughs> they had to cut open this escalator. And, yeah. uh, and they found just piece of, was she intact? Well, <laughs> this is the thing. I mean, you have to think if you're a firefighter. How many hours do you work on this thing before you're just like, oh, she's fucking dead? <laughs> just call the janitors and the escalator company and take <laughs> this point, fucking thing apart. At that point, so for just four go get hours, a hose. Thought, so for four hours, I mean, the fire department goes away once they think you're dead. They're not the escalator company. Once they think you're a lost cause, they're like, bye. So they st- the fire department stayed there for four hours. So presumably what that means to me is that for she was sort of in some state of suffering for a good part of those four hours. So her body was probably crushed. Her, her bones were crushed. Oh, her bones maybe, were, yeah. But yeah, like maybe like, her, you know, her a portion of her spine and brain stem was still there. Some sort of vegetative response, a la Terry Schiavo. I'm sure the eyes could register the pain. Right. You know. Maybe she was squeezing the hand of, you know, the fire person, man, woman, who knows. It's gruesome. Yeah. And, uh, this, is a, this is a horrific way to die. A lot of people probably have a uh, fear of escalators because of this, this, uh, this type of death. Well, listen to this. Um, there's been a lot of escalator uh, accidents in the recent past in China. In uh, southwestern Guangxi province, a toddler's left hand and arm were caught in the gap of the escalator on Monday. <laughs> Actually, after this video happened. After he tripped and fell at the top, or sorry, bottom, and he suffered multiple trauma, including a fractured arm. Jesus. In Beijing, a boy's foot was stuck in an escalator on Sunday, same day this happened. Uh, He was only slightly injured. Last year, 13 people were injured when an escalator traveling upward abruptly reversed direction. In 2011, a similar incident happened where the escalator was going one way and it immediately stopped and started going the other way. And a teenage boy actually died and 30 others were injured. See, in the U.S., if there was a malfunctioning escalator, immediately they would stop it, and then they'd put a big yellow sign up saying you can't use the escalator. Whereas what I heard heard that happened in this uh, Beijing mall is the workers there knew that there was a problem with the escalator, but they just didn't know how to stop it because no one had been trained. (laughs) And that's what I'm saying about escalators in China. The article that I'm reading just says they're blaming it on human error. Like, well, which human? Let's fucking get that guy and fire his ass. I bet you he was never even told how to stop it. They're just like, what do you mean? It stops? You I know just he's like, thought it goes forever. Can you just disconnect? <laughs> like a slinky? <laughs> it just keeps going. It's like some kind of physics. Yeah. Makes it work. But, yeah, perpetual but that's what, motion machine. But that's what I'm saying about uh, China. It's like, you know, they're having so much... Uh, it's like this industrial um yeah you know, this escalator boom. was connected directly to the three gorges dam <laughs> <laughs> but i mean there's there's so much construction going on right now i'm sure that, i highly doubt there's much regulation i'm sure there's corrupt officials being like yeah here here's yeah. a permit just build I think whatever you're right with the corruption and 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 they're just trying to build everything so fast yeah and uh not and a lot of qc quality control people not a lot of qc on these escalators so these escalators are killing machines I have to say I'm scared, I'm scared of all the ones in America now, too. 
I would be scared if I was a child riding the escalator. I wouldn't want to let my kid. If I had a kid, I wouldn't let my kid ride the escalator. I'd carry him. Would you let your kid watch this video so they had a mortal fear of escalators? Possibly. Yeah, I, I think, think I, I would. would. I think I would. It's like uh, when you learn to drive and they show you that, uh, you know, uh, Highway of Death movie or whatever the hell it's called. But with the uh, Yakety Sax soundtrack, I think they'll lessen the, uh, they'll mitigate the effect. Right. Which, you know, you have a decision to make. Do you want the effect mitigated for purposes of humor or I say go with the humor. So what do you think? Just speed it up and slow it down. Reverse speed. Reverse. Reverse. Yeah, you got to reverse it a couple times. <laughs> if you All can right. do some like Photoshop and make her, make her look like if she has big tits. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> I, I'm learning after effects. So who knows? Viral, uh, viral possibility. Here. Viral possibility. This has viral potential. Definitely. Uh, people, send your stories to uh, SigmarPodcast.com. Got some phone calls to get to. 206-666-3846 is that number. Before we get to our first call, here's another word from our sponsor. What do you do when you're at a family reunion or Thanksgiving? you got a raging boner that won't go away and you're considering fucking your grandmother. You go to Adam and Eve, of course. You buy a jerk-off sleeve, you know, build a pocket pussy, something of that nature, so you can go in the bathroom and just take care of that raging boner before you have to bend over your grandma at the table and just fuck her. So go to adamandeve.com and type in the code diddle. D-D-D-D. D-I-D-D-L-E that's what grandpa used to do to your dad talk to you later bye so Wacker uh, ever since we lifted the uh, moratorium on shit calls shit stories uh-huh. we've been getting a lot of calls with shit stories so people have just been holding in they've been constipated this long but since we've lifted the moratorium it's coming out now and a lot of shit stories. So we it's got a couple unleashed. I'm going to play, yeah. But uh, first, we got a call from a uh, celebrity, a supernatural celebrity. Hello, Dean Lance. This is Macho Man Randy Savage. I thought it was Bob Madigan. from beyond. <laughs> it did kind of sound like Madigan, didn't it? Yeah. It sounded like Bob. It's like, hey! But you know what, though? It could have been Bob, because he never knew your name. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so. But apparently, Macho Man Randy Savage, well, the ghost of Macho Man Randy Savage actually knows us. Probably listens to the show. Yeah, why wouldn't he? Were you ever a fan of the Macho Man? Yeah. We used to uh, do the voice in high school. I was never a huge wrestling fan, I think, because my dad didn't approve of it, to the point where, like, I just wasn't really that exposed to it. What did your dad have against pro wrestling? I just think he thought like, oh, it's just fake. He would like constantly berate it as fake. Like when I was at a young enough age where I was impressionable and where I couldn't just be like, fuck you, dad. I think it's cool. Like, I kind of, I'm a little bit bitter. I, I kind of wish I was into it because it looked like it was a lot of fun. I never went to any kind of uh, WrestleMania or thing. This, like. is, I was, what I, this is what uh, I regret. I wish I did. Yeah, so do, I mean, well, I never lived in the country when that was. Like, when was oh, okay. Hulk Hogan big? Like, 86, 87, I was going to say 88. 88. Yeah. Something you see, I, like I didn't that. move back here yet. So when I moved back, I, I know all of that was. It was already on the outs. Yeah, it was, well, I think uh, 
the ultimate warrior was like one of the bigger wrestlers. So it was like 90, 89, 90. But at that point I was already like 13. So, right. You know, Macho man was snapping into slim gyms already at that point, but would have been great to have seen that, you know, just grow a mullet specifically for the WrestleMania. Yeah. Head over there. where some neon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I bet your steel went to many WrestleManias. I just wanted to say that I am extremely disappointed in Hulk Hogan. Everyone knows you should never call a black person the N-word. The preferred nomenclature is coon. <laughs> Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. Oh, I might, have to, I might have to use that as a soundbite, that keep it sick, keep it wrong. Mm. Something good. Um, yeah, I don't want to endorse that. You know, I think that's racist, what he said. But uh, did you read about that, though, with Hulk Hogan? Like, what was that from? Like, why did he say the, uh, the N-word? I don't know. You, I seem to remember, this? but I didn't, like, uh, I didn't put it in the memory bank. No, it was on He's, he's it was in the on middle tape. of some lawsuit with uh, Gawker because yeah. they sort of stole a sex tape he had. I know that. It was on some tape. Um, I don't know anything about that N-word, though. Although no, it sounds familiar. Oh, no, he's, he's getting a lot of heat for it right now. Does he say the N-word in the sex tape? I don't think it was in, in the sex tape, but uh, he said something. It was like a different tape where somebody, uh, yeah, he was, it was a different tape, like transcripts or something, um, where I guess, uh, it was, okay, it was quoted by the National Enquirer. These were transcripts submitted to a Florida court overseeing the lawsuit. And at one point, I guess, on, on the tape, he, uh, I think he was talking about his daughter having sex with a, a black billionaire. Brooke. Brooke. He goes, Brooke I don't know Hogan. if Brooke was fucking the black guy's son, said Hulk. I mean, I don't have double standards. I mean, I am a racist to a point. Fucking niggers. But when it, <laughs> when it comes to nice people and shit, whatever. According to sources, he said, I mean, I'd rather if she was going to fuck some nigger, I'd rather have her marry an eight-foot-tall nigger worth $100 million, like a basketball player. I guess we're all a little racist. <laughs> Not that racist, dude. Hulk Hogan's very racist, apparently. Seems like he's very racist. Ra very racist people always think they're just slightly racist. Well, I think he's trying to differentiate. There's a, there's a difference between, you know, a N-word and a regular black guy. Mm. you know but you can only uh, say that if you're chris rock well i, th I think hulk hogan's a do you racist think people who asshole. like lynched like literally lynched black people do you think they're like well i haven't lynched like five black people you know a I mean? couple of them are really nice yeah i like jim he, he lives cool. next door to me but uh you know i mean i know i'm hanging this black guy from a tree but i mean I play basketball with Leroy every this, Thursday. I don't, this guy was an asshole. <laughs> no, I think, uh, yeah, I think Hulk Hogan's a dick. You know, that's kind of lame. And, but I think part of it is... I just think he's a very public person, but he, he's one of those people who just thinks he can just be like the schlub from down the street who you'd expect to hear this kind of shit from, but you're just like, shut the fuck up, Bill. But he's Hulk Hogan, so it's like, dude, when you say that shit everybody's going to hear about it. Well, I'm sure, like, what, what happened here, too, is, you know, so he's in this uh, public lawsuit with Gawker over, like, $100 million, like a ridiculous amount of money. Right. And so I'm sure these uh, transcripts became unsealed, so lawyers were looking at them, lawyers for Gawker, 
We're right. like, hey, you know what we should leak to the media? Let's leak this and try to destroy his character. Right. That wouldn't happen to Bill down the street is what I'm saying. Yeah. Because he's Hulk Hogan, you can't say shit like that. But I can understand why um, Macho Man Randy Savage from Beyond the Grave would be kind of disappointed. Yeah. You know, he I'm a be. little, I'm a little disappointed. I'm sure every Hulkamaniac out there, I'm a little disappointed, a little in, disappointed. In, in the Macho Man that he felt that like the solution to the situation was to use the word coon, which I haven't heard that word in a long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I'm sure like most Hulkamaniacs out there are a bit disappointed, except for the ones in the South who are probably like right on, right, right on. <laughs> He's playing to his base. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I I think he's going to win that lawsuit, though. Which will be crazy. Well, maybe you know, the end of Gawker, right? Well, it's going to happen. It's going to be a settlement. I don't no. think he, I don't think he's going to be able to get the whole one hundred million dollars. Yeah, but why would Hulk Hogan settle? He's already rich. He should take. He should t- go on principle and be like, "I'm not settling. We're taking this to trial." Yeah, I got to say, Gawker's culpable for it. If I was on a jury, I would have no problems laying the blame on uh, Gawker. It's not, they're not a sympathetic defendant. Well, and not to that's mention, the, it's like a month prior to releasing this Hulk Hogan sex tape, they were decrying everybody for the fappening, for all these people who uh, were, were yeah. looking at the, uh, the, the illegally downloaded pictures of, of the celebrities. They don't have a coherent corporate ethos. Yeah, I mean, it's, but I mean, it's, you look at them, it's just like, well, isn't that kind of hypocritical? It's like, so you condemn that? condemn people for looking at naked pictures of Jennifer Lawrence, but then you parade a video of Hulk Hogan and make fun of his dick. I mean, you know why, right? Can you, why do they hate Hulk Hogan? Yeah. Because Hulk Hogan is a, is a, a, you know, an idol of exactly what you said before. The uneducated Southern, you know, dipshits, uh, and, uh, all the women in the fappening, you know, they're popular amongst the New York coastal elites. Yeah, but I mean, I think the... So their, their whole morality of the whole company is based on like whether they think you're cool or not. The victims. Well, I'm sure the rednecks enjoyed, though, uh, the cultural elites naked. <laughs> Seeing the cultural elites naked. Right, it's no, and that's, nice. why, that's why Gawker thought that was a bad thing. Because why should, the, uh, you know, why should the people who don't live in New York and Los Angeles and San Francisco have any pleasure? <laughs> I sense some deep-seated hatred here for Gawker. No, I'm just saying. I mean, is that not? Am I not? Yeah, it's a double standard. No, it's definitely a double is standard. Is that not the main? I understand. Is that not the core underpinning of of why they thought the Hulk Hogan thing was different than the Fappening? Of course, well, I think it is. I think it's that, but I think it's also poking fun at someone who they consider to be a novelty. Like same with Gene Simmons. You know, they'll they'll poke fun Once at something again, like that. Once again, look who Gene Simmons is popular amongst. Well, he's a. But I think Hogan it's someone that they amongst. can poke fun of and poke fun at and ridicule. Because, yeah. well, I, I think I think Gene Simmons has a wider fan base than uh, the Hulkster. Yeah, a lot of but, people who live in the fucking West Village are big Kiss fans. You think Kiss was very popular in New York City at mm-hmm. one time? Maybe yeah, not. in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> but still, though, I you know I, I don't I don't th- appreciate Hulk Hogan. You know, hearing about his personal life, I never really watched that that reality show, and yeah, it does not surprise me that he's racist. Um, but at the same time, I do think Gawker deserves to pay up for this. <laughs> Learn a lesson. Um, moving on to the second phone call, uh, we got a couple shit stories to get to. And it's been a while since we've actually waiting. started playing shit stories again. So 
Let's just get back in the spirit of things and uh, roll the theme music. Here's the jingle for the sick and wrong bit. Come gather round. It's all about shit. Shit! All right, here's the first one. This one uh, comes from the UK. What up, fuckers? Name's Phil, calling from London. I've got a shit story for you. Heard the podcast last week. Think we better bring it back. <laughs> so basically, my girlfriend uh, was going to go... We're bringing shitty back. That's what we're doing. Get her um, horror flaps waxed. And anyway, horror so flaps. they're putting the wax on. She's getting her butthole done as well, because I just love to tongue-punch that fart box. So anyway, they're putting the wax on. Very descriptive there, that uh, tongue punch the fart box. I was about to say that seems like it's about five years old, that term, but okay. Tongue punch or fart box? Both. The whole th- phrase. Tongue punching the fart. I don't think I've ever used it. Really? I should. Have you ever used it? <laughs> no, but I've heard it. Yeah. I think I, I think I probably read it in passing. I've just never used it. It's not in my vernacular. I'll try to bring it back. Um, um, you know, you, do you remember uh, Max Heather? I dated for a while. Of course. Of course you remember her. Well, she, her best friend, um, I can't recall her name right now, but was kind of attractive, was an esthetician. And so Heather would go to her to get waxed. I thought you were going to say to have her fart box tongue punched. Well, I'm not sure. I doubt that was going on, but I'd like to That's think it was. That's in your mind, Jack. But in my mind, sure, I was yeah. thinking, and she would explain what happened. Like she would be all fours, butt naked, you know, like doggy style, and that girl's just putting wax like right in her, uh, right in like her nether regions, and then peeling it off, giving her a Brazilian. And I was just like, "Wow, this is kind of sexual." She's like, "No, it's not sexual at all." This to me is one of the prime examples of that men and women are different. Because you want to say like, "Well, but just think about it. It's just like if it's just like dudes in the locker room." But I couldn't imagine doing that to a dude. I couldn't imagine doing it to my friend, like one of my close friends. Like, if you could know. you imagine even doing it to a dude who you didn't know? No, no. <laughs> but women okay. are just like it's. Women are just like, oh, it's just it's just another girl. It's no big deal. It's just a badge. Who cares? Yeah, it's just a butthole and a badge. Yeah. Like women are much more like they're in tune with like their bodies and taking care of other people. Where men are just like, I'm not going down there, dude. I don't even want to think about the fact that you have a butthole. I don't want to think about it. And that, that's, that's what it goes down to. She would tell me that they would go to like uh, the spa and just walk around naked, hang out naked for hours. She's like, you should totally come. You can go hang out with the guys on the guys' side. And I'm like, they're just like, I just did. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I don't want to do that. She's like, why? They're all like, because it's a Korean spa. It's like, they're all old Asian guys. I'm like, I, I don't want to do that either. Because she was saying, because your dick will look big compared. <laughs> <laughs> I should hope so. Um, but no, I was like, I, you know, I don't want to do that. But I think that's the, that's the thing. It's like women are more in tune with their bodies, so they can they can do stuff like that. Whereas I would just be, you know, if 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 I was waxing, you know, some hot chick's asshole or butthole, I would just be like sitting there staring, probably like uncontrollably laughing, like Beavis or Butthead or something. I don't think I could. I don't think I could seriously do that. Nobody go to the D Simon Waxing Emporium. It just—it would just take a long time. It'd just be me staring for about forty-five minutes. I just gotta go in the bathroom for a second. <laughs> anyway, they get down to the butthole. They realize the wax is on in her ass. Ooh. Dried. Ah, lovely. In the hole. Anyway, they start. In the, hole. the girl doing the waxing starts picking it out. Now she's picking it. My missus needs to fart. And she pulls it out. 
long string, my missus ends up fucking curling one out on the bird's finger. Just King Kong's fucking finger just resting on her hand. So anyway, with her embarrassment, it wasn't too bad because she got the wax for free. And I just keep on tongue punching it. Anyway, stay classy. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. Ow. I love how this guy uh, ends it with stay classy. Yeah, thanks mm. for that. Um, so wait, wait, okay. She had wax in her asshole. I, this woman went above and beyond to pull the wax out. I'm, I, don't, I don't think they typically do that, but I don't or know much about this. they just leave it in there like a fucking plug? Well, wouldn't you probably be like, I'm so sorry, can you pull that out? Oh, you're, you're not going to put your finger in her butt like to grab it. Well, maybe. I, I'm not like sure. Like I said, I can't imagine any of it, so I don't know what they do. I'm so going to put this in the spank bank for later. But um, so she's like reaching in there and pulling it out. Because, I mean, I'm envisioning two just really hot girls. But, you know, these girls are probably both northern birds. And one of them's probably foreign and from like You're Africa. You're ruining the spank bank. Too. I know, but I'm just saying, and just I'm trying to be be honest here. But anyway, she's got <laughs> her finger in her honest. asshole. She's pulling out the wax, and the girl How has the fart. How deep do you think it went in? I'm just thinking like a couple inches. Yeah, but she opened up the sphincter, the sphincter, and obviously this girl had one in the chamber that she was holding in. Right. So by when she opened up the sphincter, but th- she said it was on the finger, so it seemed like it was just like a little Hershey's kiss. It's not like a big ass log. <laughs> no, came he out. said it looked like he said it looked like King Kong's finger. So okay, but it was on. <laughs> okay, King Kong's finger in her hand. Now I get <laughs> it. I, guess the, I, didn't I assume there's it. a table that you sit on. I thought it was right on her hand. I don't like, know. She's like pulling it out, and it do just, you want to listen to the whole thing again? No, I I'm, I'm not going to play it again. I'm just going to put that in the spank bank. King Kong's finger. Oh, the finger of King Kong. I do love how his bird so like immediately came home. It's like, oh my God, I got the best story for you. I'll never believe what happened. That's a good relationship right there. Yeah, that is a strong relationship. I envy your relationship. She's like, I just got my shit waxed, so you're going to go down there. But before you do, let me tell you what happened. <laughs> Something really odd happened today. It's funny, You'll love actually. It. Call, make sure you call that podcast that you listened to with those two dickheads. <laughs> I bet you she did not consent to that. <laughs> anyway, uh, keep tongue punching. Um, here's the second or the second shit story. Yeah, it's from Chicago. What's up, sick and wrong? Uh, I mean, you guys were talking about farts, farting in the office last week, and it reminded me. A couple stories Never about when I used to be a bike messenger back in Chicago. My favorite thing was when I would fart on an empty elevator in a sky rise, or you know, a skyscraper. I'd fart on the empty elevator. And then, you know, a group of office workers would get on, and it would just be me in the stinky fart elevator. And it was hilarious to watch their expressions change. But, you know. Fuck the man. Yeah. Get him. It's a very typical bike messenger <laughs> attitude going on here. Uh, and you know, they, they knew it was him. Yeah. Because of his scruffy ex- appearance. You know, they're looking at him like, his scruffy exterior. You were definitely the farter. That's just one of my many capers. <laughs> Another Chris. time I was pissing on the L. I was pissing on the L tracks. Um, you know, I was just taking a leak. And I heard she squirted. I heard she squirted a little bit, and I was like, fuck, man. So I had to run, you know, and find the nearest bathroom so I could clean up. And the nearest bathroom was this, uh, it was like a cabbie restaurant. It was like where all the cabbies, like, straight from India and Pakistan 
would come and, and eat. And I ate there a lot too, because it was really cheap, which is probably why I shit myself that day. Mm-hmm. So I, I go, I run, <laughs> I bike straight into the, to the restaurant, I run in. I like how he bike. And you know, I go in the stall, I finish my shit, I throw my shitty underwear in the trash can, you know, as etiquette uh, would, would say to do in that situation. And I look around, there's no toilet paper, man. This is like this crazy restaurant. Get some garlic naan. <laughs> <laughs> Why garlic? I don't know. Make plain naan. Yeah, plain or garlic. Just get any kind of naan. That's what you can use naan <laughs> yeah, for. Naan is the best. Uh, uh, Baba Palace right there in Chicago and Orleans, they were so old school that they didn't even have toilet paper. They just had watering cans for people to wipe their asses with because that's how they do it. Large parts of the Middle East and Asia watering is just cans. a watering can, and you just wipe your ass with your wet hand. <laughs> I didn't do that though. I used my sock, and I threw that in the trash as well. And then I just threw my other sock in the trash as well. Yeah, and I rode around delivering packages the rest of the day with no underwear, no socks. I don't recommend riding your bike in hot summer heat with no underwear on to all you listeners, because um, you'll get an ass rash. But, all right, keep it sick, keep it wrong, guys. I've held them under three minutes. Um, all right, later. I'm sure this guy uh, immediately went back to the office building and started shaking hands with some of those businessmen. Right. Fuck the man! Stand him. Yeah. Probably the receptionist, though, not the businessman. Watering <laughs> can. I don't understand this whole concept of the watering can. Is it just a can filled with water and you just pour it like a, like a poor man's bidet? Yeah, once again, I'm speaking from a point perspective of ignorance, but I, I don't go to countries like this on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Some people do. Mm-hmm. P-Town has. I don't Captain know. Captain P- Carl. I don't know. If P- I mean, I've been to Turkey, and Turkey they didn't have toilet paper. You had to like sit on a bidet. But the bidet actually was part of the toilet. Hmm. Like you pressed a knob, and it just sprayed your asshole. Yeah, well, I think this is a, a low technology bidet it's a poor man's bidet it's just a can you just pour but i mean you wipe it with your hand i guess and then you wash your hand i wonder if this was a squatting toilet or if if it was a real toilet no it's in chicago it's got to be a real toilet you know you gotta i wonder if this is the one thing i've always wondered about health codes in chicago that aren't they're not just going you fucking put a hole in your restaurant do you ever eat at shalimar in the tenderloin sounds familiar so there's a couple Indian places. There, well, there's a couple Indian places right in the corner of where I lived at O'Farrell and uh, Jones. Yeah, there I'm was sure I've Paquan, eaten. which I actually went to a lot, but Paquan also looked kind of gross. But it, I, I went to that place on a regular basis. But Shalimar, which people like a lot of like hips, hip, young San Franciscan, white San Franciscans would be like, oh, that's where the cab drivers eat. That's the best, most authentic Indian food. Right. Yeah, yeah. Even though you make like $200,000 a year because you work at Twitter, you're fucking going to go work with the Uber drivers. So you get a, you get a Shalimar. The they're not even Uber. These are like the yellow cab drivers. It's like they're all Indian. And you go in there. Every time I ate there, I got, uh, I got the trots. I don't think my <laughs> white, surprised. my lily white stomach could handle that food. Right. So I wonder I if they're you, used you have to, to that. build it up. Do you think immunity. though when they're making the uh whatever uh, palu paneer or whatever for you, they're just like, "Oh, this white guy's going to suffer. Pour some more of this paprika or whatever it is that they pour in that just gives us instant diarrhea." Um, do you think it's diarrhea or just think it's unsanitary conditions? 
It's probably a little of both. I bet you build it up, though. I bet you if you keep continue to eat there. Yeah, like of course those, you build it up. Those cab drivers. So do you think if you just went to Mumbai, you just have just trots the entire time? Yeah. Yeah, you probably would. I mean, it depending the entire time, meaning how long are you going to go for the one week vacation? Then yes, diarrhea the whole time. Two weeks, maybe towards the end of the two weeks, you're fine. Three weeks, maybe by the third week, you know, you're acclimatized. Then you're going to get diarrhea when you come back here and eat Taco Bell. So may I mean maybe that's why they could because it's like liquid shit. Maybe that's why they can use the water can. Yeah, just spray it. It's not like it's chunky. You know, <laughs> snow paste like yeah. adhesive properties <laughs> to, to it. Chunks. Anyway, um, I'm really glad we brought back the shit segment. By the way, yeah, it's <laughs> good. You, this is long awesome. overdue. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I recommend bike couriers out there they, they eat Indian food for lunch. Probably bring two pairs of underwear. You never or know. you could just stash them around the city in uh, drop boxes. <laughs> just emergency underwear. Yeah. That's you might need. It's a good idea. People call Sigmund Hotline, 206-666-3846. Um, we got to get going, but um, iTunes, best way to listen to the show. I always promote that here. Just go to iTunes, do a search for Sick and Wrong, subscribe, rate, comment, boost visibility for the show. We appreciate it. Uh, also, we still have some prints left and a few mediums and small Quado T's left. So if you want to buy a Quado T, you didn't get one yet, even though I assume majority of our listening audience already has one. But if you're a smaller, a diminutive uh, fan. Of An a, orphan. Uh, yeah, or a dwarf. You could probably fit into one of our small or medium quad OTs, which you can order from com slash store. Uh, for all you obese fans out there, you should probably go to the Cafe Press store because they have other sizes. Um, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. I'm going to dedicate this one to Morrissey. You know, he didn't play many songs that I recognized. Were the ones you didn't recognize, were they good? Or was it just like, oh, Jesus Christ, get to something I know? I was a little bored. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't like a lot of his current songs. I just, they're all, they all, I don't know, they all kind of sound the same. I think he had like the, one of his, what was like, a, didn't he have one that came out like Americans are not the center of the world or something? It was one of his newer songs. <laughs> Thanks, Morrissey. Yeah, it's like, okay, great. <laughs> Thanks for the info. Appreciate it. If, we I kind mean, of are, though, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's hard to inform you. I'm going to be a TSA agent at the airport now. <laughs> grab, grab your balls, your dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wanted him to play, you know, I was hoping, I was expecting that he'd play a few more Smith songs, maybe a couple more Morrissey songs. But if you think about it, this is a typical Morrissey, um, playlist. He's like, fuck the fans. I'm going to play what I want. Yeah. And so that's what he did. I'm sure the, sh- the show was probably sold out, right? Yeah. It was sold Do out. What you want. It was a great show. But so anyway, he didn't play this song. It's one of my favorite Morrissey songs. And it is definitely the best title of any Morrissey song. You're the one for me fatty. You ever heard that one? Yeah. It's about it's fat classic. chicks. Yeah, it's a classic. Have you ever seen the video? No. I don't think I've seen many. I, I saw a, a Smith's documentary once, uh, but I don't think I've seen many videos. The vi- you know, a lot of his, I like his videos. I mean, I think they're kind of cool. Most of them. But uh, this one. It's black and white, sort of strobe, slow motion effect of his pompadour bobbing around that's most of the smith's videos but in morrissey you know he kind of expanded his horizons like you ever see the one where he's flitting about on the beach with a band-aid over his nipples i think it's november <laughs> spawned a monster no. well this one he's playing with the band but then meanwhile there's a skinny guy going to uh, pick up a fat bird for a date and he mm. takes her out and she's just eating chips the whole time and they go for a right. picnic and she's just like shoving food in her mouth and meanwhile okay. Morrissey's All right, crooning. moving on. This You're is the one playing into D. Simon's like weird fucking predilections. 
<laughs> no, but I'm just saying. Anti, it's, what's like an opposite of a fetish? Well, I can't imagine like anybody making a video like this today. Even Morrissey. I mean, it seemed uh, it seemed very sizest. Cruel. But uh, yeah, it seemed kind of cruel. But she looked like she was enjoying herself, so maybe not. You know, who knows? <laughs> anyway, very we're end the show game, here man. with "You're the One for Me, Fatty." Great Morrissey song. It's a good one for if you think your girlfriend's putting on a couple, just kind of play it in the background every now and then. (laughs) Just put it on randomly, you know? Anyway, people will be back next week with episode 495. Till then, take it sleazy. Good night. Madigan, and you're listening to Sick and Wrong. Perfect. (laughs) So you can bank on that.